What's up? And welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, evangelization, discipleship, catechesis, uh, and the list goes on. I will then sit with your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. My disclaimer is this, I'm not perfect, therefore the advice I give to you might not always be good for you. If that's the case, you may reject whatever it is that I say that does not help you to grow in holiness. If you are a first time listener, you can hit me up with your own questions at www.essentialpress.com slash askfatherjosh. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats, and you can share us on your social media pages. I'm super excited because uh, this week our show is all about the culture of life. I think next week is going to be the actual March for Life, um, right? Am I correct? Next next Friday or Thursday That's is the right. March for Life. And so this week in preparation for that, we're going to talk about things that sometimes don't get addressed when it comes to the culture of life and um, and protecting life from the womb to the tomb. And so I have with me one of my dear friends, a fellow disciple of Jesus Christ, a co-worker in the vineyard, the director of my marriage and family life here at Our Lady of the Holy Rosary Catholic Church, uh, Brandy. Brandy, I always mess up your last name, so I'm going to say it and tell me I got it right. Brandy Clybert. That's correct, who, who, <laughs> who is the man? Who's your father? It only took me four years to get it right. But Brandy's so good because I heard about Brandy before I became pastor. So I had been interested in uh, learning about natural family planning through couples who I had walked with in the past in marriage prep uh, early on in my priesthood who uh, I just, I saw a lot of relation. I saw couples fall apart. Um, marriages hurt because of contraception. And I saw uh, other people in marriage prep who were on the pill, who got off the pill, who found like freedom from health issues when they got off the pill. So I had always just prayed, God, whenever I become a pastor, please like just hook me up with a team of disciples who have a reverence for all life, right? Who reverence life from the womb to the tomb um, and and who have an understanding of this. And, and then I got assigned to Holy Rosary and my youth minister at the time, she's now director of Family Life Ministries, but at the time she was youth minister, I found out she was a Creighton fertility care specialist and also a nurse uh, and a wife and a mom and a sister and a daughter and a friend. So she had like a lot of hats she was wearing. And so <laughs> by the grace of God, we were able to to pull her away from the hospital to get her here full time. Uh, and, and she's still a full time wife and mom as well um, and sister and friend. But she's also full time here as our family life director. And so, Brandy, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Father. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, and I remember that was our first conversation in the parking lot. In the lot. parking lot, mm -hmm. yeah. You had, a, you had a ponytail in your hair that day, I remember. <laughs> your hair was super, super long, and then you cut it, and uh, you got pregnant with Joseph uh, around the time you cut it, after you cut it, I think it was. That's funny that you remember that. But yeah, yeah that was our first interaction was, uh, you teach Creighton, don't you? And up until that point, I didn't really know what direction the Lord was calling me to as far as, you know, with the the teachings of Creighton and everything. So when that was our first interaction, I just felt this Holy Spirit moment, like you have called me Lord and prepared me for this moment right here, because our new priest was going to be so supportive of our, um, of our couples and our women. And so well, I wanted to learn then, it myself. I mean, yeah. me and Father Brad Doyle, one of my good priest friends who's been on the show before we both were discerning going to get trained uh, to be Creighton fertility That's care specialist. So funny. And, and then we both realized how much, 
number one, education was going to be, and we as priests did not have that kind of time because uh, obviously, you know, we just, it's, we, there's, a short, there's a shortage of priests. And so we have to be available for the sacraments primarily, but also we figured it might be really awkward if we're the ones who are like walking with couples in that way. So we were like, how about we just both get teams of disciples around us who can <laughs> yeah. do that ministry and we can accompany like, so certainly in marriage prep, I talk about NFP and I, I, I promote it and every couple who I do prep with has to take a course with Brandy. Um, and many of them also walk with her after, but, uh, yeah. So NFP is going to be the topic for today, abortion, uh, IVF. So we're going to talk about all those, those, um, those topics. But before we get into those topics, we're going to talk about a glory story. And the glory story is going to be um, Brandy's insight into Creighton because she didn't like come out the womb, uh, like all about NFP and Creighton and everything like that. And so, uh, Brandy, if you could just, uh, after the music, because we're going to have like a little music break real quick, when the music gets back, uh, I want to invite you to share with our listeners how you uh, became a disciple who has invested her life into this ministry of helping other people uh, find out about the gift of not only NAPR technology, but just the Creighton version of NFP. And when I say this, I am not only promoting Creighton, there's other types of NFP. There's symptothermal method, there's Billings, there's the Marquette, there's the the whatever. There's all these different versions. We're, we're talking about Creighton today because it's a very scientific method. She's a nurse and 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 so she's gonna be going from that that route for the conversation. But we we support all methods. Just like we support all spiritualities. You can be Carmelite, you can be Benedictine, you can be whatever. <laughs> so that's for that. So uh Hit the music and we get back. Brandon's going to share with us her glory story of coming to find the truth in the gift of Creighton. glory story time yeah so um so really i was working as a nurse um usually in the area of women's health uh started out as a labor and delivery nurse postpartum uh went and did peds for a while and came back to natural delivery but it wasn't until i had um gone to the March for Life in Washington, D.C., that I really started um, to have a passion for the pro-life movement. And so during this pilgrimage, you know, that I, I took with the students who went with our diocese, I started to pray on it while we were there um, about how the Lord could use me and my um, my gifts as a nurse to really help um, in this pro-life movement. And so let me just tell you, Father, if you're going to if you're going to pray to the Lord for this kind of um, insight, you know, be ready because sometimes, you know, the results um, and what he calls you to do is sometimes Might be a little bit uncomfortable. That's right. right huh? He's always going to take you out of your comfort zone. But um, so when we came back from the March for Life, um, I happened to randomly be watching EWTN one day and they started a program about the Creighton model system of fertility and NAPRO technology. And I can tell you that while I was watching this program, I was floored. I was floored at the fact that it was so scientific, that it was not just a way to, um, 
chart a woman's cycle, but that this could be used as a diagnostic tool. And I was like, this is what women are going to their physicians for when they're having issues with their cycles, irregularities, PMS, painful periods, you know, they're wanting answers. And they're just getting a pill. And they're just getting <laughs> so a pill, sad. you know, but here is this system that's been around since the 80s. And I, at this point, I was a nurse for like 10 years, and I had never heard of Creighton. And so I was just floored that like, you know, here in our Catholic communities, we had this secret that we were just holding on to, or at least that's kind of how I felt. Best kept secret. Yeah, yeah I had yeah. never heard about this. And so not only did I want to adopt it into my own, you know, um, uh, use of uh, natural NFP. family natural family planning, but I also wanted to um, to share it with the rest of the world, you know, because because like I said, it was so scientific and it had just made perfect sense to me. And so as I started, you know, just diving into uh, getting more information about how to become a practitioner, um, it just so happened that there was one that summer uh, at Rosaryville. And so I haven't looked back since. I didn't know That's exactly so awesome. why the Lord was calling me to it. But then when we had that inter interaction in the parking lot on, on your first day at staff, it all made perfect yeah. sense. And it's been a great gift. I mean, I, I there are people in this parish community who struggled with um, infertility or who wanted to space out their pregnancies and wanted to have a very um, scientific way to do it to work. Because again, some people were having baby after baby and they were struggling and they're like, hey, I, I, I psychomentally, I can't have another baby back to back. And so Brandy was able to help them to space out pregnancies, but she's also been able to be used by God to help other people to conceive, which That's is right. so beautiful. Uh, and, and so she's such a great gift. Uh, so Brandy, we're just stoked that you're on the team because yeah what you've done for our parish i believe could be a gift for my wider ask father josh community to find out about uh these these best kept secrets of the catholic church and oh absolutely so, and so let's go ahead and jump in today's show we're going to again talk about nfp we're going to talk about uh ivf uh all these like these these single these words and then abortion uh so uh hit the music and let's get it talking All right, first question comes in from Mandy. Mandy writes this. Hey, Father Josh. Hello. Uh, uh, I've been listening to you for half of a year now. Half a year now, so that's six months. And you like my math, huh? I'm super smart when it comes to math. No, I like me and math not get along at all. Uh, and I am so thankful for your openness to accept even the most difficult of questions. That's why I'm reaching out with some support. I'm getting married in a few months, praise God. And with COVID precautions, pre-canna has been canceled. Boo. My fiance and I are not rescheduling our wedding. Although we love each and every family and friend to attend the wedding safely, we recognize marriage as a sacrament, amen, where only a few people are necessary to be present, the bride, the groom, Jesus, the priest, two witnesses. So with that being said, I'm greatly struggling with NFP. I've reached out to a woman of Christ who was my PSR teacher, high school biology teacher, neighbor, and now a friend who has practiced the Creighton Method for over 20 years. She prays the church and is a devout uh, Catholic. I pray to resemble, but we both see that the church lacks support with NFP. Catholic families are told to practice it, but we aren't given tools and education. I've struggled just finding an educator in books. 
So why is this the route the church has gone? I feel crazy in this journey. What support and resources are there besides support groups via Facebook? I'm trying to see patterns and make NFP habits now prior to marriage, but this has been difficult praying, Mandy. So, Brandy, what do you think? Oh, Mandy, first of all, I just want to apologize to you on behalf of the church and uh fertility care practitioners in general, uh, because I can just hear your frustration and just your feelings of powerlessness as, uh, as you are writing this to Father Josh about not being properly equipped. And sometimes I feel like during pre-Cana, um, when the wedding and, um, and all of those things are really in the forefront of your mind, that's not always the best time for us to first start introducing the idea of NFP. Can I say something? That's actually a really great point. Like a light bulb just went off as you said that, Brandy. Like this is something that really should be taught in our PSR programs and in our high schools at that age, just like as a, like the way we teach Catholic social teachings and the way we teach evangelization and catechesis on sacraments. Like this is something that I think would be really helpful on a high school level to get really scientific, get really practical while you can like grasp it without being concerned about the wedding date and the, the, the reception and, and just all the things about buying a house and, and where you're moving. Like there's so many other things that are in your mind. So why it should be a part of pre-cana and it is, it's part of our pre-cana program here at Holy Rosary. I think it probably would be best if it was also taught to everyone as just a general course for guys and girls to know about while they're in high school. Absolutely. Because I can tell you that even in the intro sessions that I provide to some of my uh, pre-cana couples, let's say they are nurses or doctors and they come to this intro session, they're hearing things for the first time. You know, like the, these- Which is crazy that you would think that they would learn this in school. That's right. But one, one of my friends, he's an OBGYN and he's also- um, he's gone this route, Dr. Brad Fossier, uh, as far as with NFP and with Creighton and with NAPRO and all that stuff. Um, I think he does NAPRO. Does, does Dr. Brad do NAPRO? I think he does. I know Dr. Sam Chassig uh, promotes NAPRO and all that jazz, too. And as is Dr. Sarah, Sarah Chavez. Is she still down here in Louisiana? Uh, she's up in Texas, actually. Oh, boo. She's she in, moved. I thought I was wondering why. Yeah, but we have we have Dr. Caldwell over. Dr. Susan Caldwell, Women's and Life Center. And that's right. Gianna and all these other places around the nation. So, yeah, there are some. But it is it's so amazing how many doctors are like, I didn't know this either because we never all we were taught in school is just take the pill and, and, and the pill is the answer to everything, even though the pill doesn't heal anything. That's right. That's right. And so I do feel like our church has a lot of work to do as far as educating our families on just the different types of NFPs out there and their importance in marriage itself, you know, because really NFP is a solution to a lot of the issues that are happening in our culture today, you know, as far as contraception, divorce, abortion, IVF, infertility, all those other issues. So how, I mean, how do we about. get this word out more so that people like Mandy can just get more support? So, I mean, obviously I think, um, she says there's already Facebook groups, but, uh, and I think that I'm now this bulb is gone for me and maybe we should try to find a way to incorporate on a diocesan level in our curriculum for high school students, um, so that more people can know about it and just be aware of it because they're not being, uh, taught it in, in even university level. Um, what are some of the things you think we could do just to get the word about I me? Mean, I guess priests could preach about it from the pulpit uh, because that's your biggest audience is on Sunday. And so maybe I know priests, we don't learn about this in seminary. I mean, we get like like we we are aware of it in seminary. So I don't want to say we don't learn about it at all. Like we know what it is, but we're not we're not experts like you are. Right. So maybe um, we can get some kind of assistance with homilies to preach on Sundays because 
the biggest audience we're ever going to have is not going to be in our missions, our retreats, our specialized classes, our pre-cana, but the biggest audience is going to be on Sunday. So maybe there's a way that we could encourage people like you and other specialists to like help us with like delivering a message in a way that is family friendly, um, but also that it could educate more people. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Um, presenting it to, um, to the parish at, at mass, um, even having, um, you know, webinars or mm-hmm. uh, right sharing because of, because of COVID. We that's right. And I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of the fertility care practitioners right now are doing ver- more virtual classes and stuff. So it might be a little easier for you to find um, those services now. That way you don't have to, you know, necessarily meet face to face. So you could always go to fertilitycare.com to find um, a practitioner a in your area. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, speaking of NAPRO and speaking of fertility, uh, our next question comes in about infertility, and it's from Laura. Laura says, do infertility intervention treatments such as IVF interfere with God's will? Based on the understanding that our bodies belong to God, does he want us to donate our organs to others when we pass? So there's two questions in one. So I'll let you tackle the first question and I'll tackle the second. Okay. Um, Yeah, Laura. Um, So for those who don't know exactly what IVF is, it stands for in vitro fertilization. And so what happens in in vitro fertilization is you take an egg from outside of the woman's body and you take sperm from outside of a man's body and then you put the two together and you fertilize and create life outside of um, the marital embrace. Question, is the man's sperm taken from masturbation? Is, Is that the way that his sperm is... Yes, okay, that, so, that's so typically the even, means. Right, right. So even there's sinful means to, to get to that end. Okay, continue. That's right. And so they actually create, it, create life or create embryos in a Petri dish. And embryos are persons with souls. With souls. That's right. right. Okay. As Catholics, we believe that it's at the time of conception when the egg and the sperm come together and fuse together that the soul enters into the body. And so um, not only are they created outside of the marital embrace, which goes against the Lord's design, because when he when he unites two people in the sacrament of holy matrimony, the marital embrace is actually how we use our bodies to confirm those vows that we take on the altar of the Lord, which is to give ourselves freely, faithfully, totally, without any reservation, and also fruitfully. And every time you have sex as a married couple, you are renewing your wedding vows. That's so sometimes right. Sometimes you're like, hey, Paul Josh, can you renew my wedding vows for us? I'm like, uh, actually, no, you do that yourself. Uh, <laughs> that's what you do whenever you're alone. <laughs> that's right. So you have to have these two fundamental properties every time um, you come together in what we call the marital embrace. Uh, It has to be unifying and also procreative. And so for... Open, right? So you're open to life. You're open to life. That's right. You don't don't have to have a baby every time you have sex, right? So you can look at your chart with NFP, right? And see when you're likely to conceive. And if you need to space out pregnancies, you can space out pregnancies for a number of reasons, but you need to at least be open to it, which uh, we're not open to it whenever... We have contraceptives involved and other things like that. So continue. That's right. So contraception specifically is going to uh, unite. It, it, the unitive property is still there, but you're taking out the procreative one. But in terms of IVF, you are 
um, using the procreative part, but you're taking out the unifying agents, which are the two spouses coming together in the marital embrace. And so this life is created in a Petri dish. And, and then it's also um, selected from there. So what we have to realize is that abortion takes place or the death of some of these embryos yeah. take place, even though we are creating life that might actually be sustained in the woman's body, you know, later on, there are lives that that it cost for that one yeah, life. A number of times uh, the the lives are just disregarded. Um, they are frozen and then they're never um, gone back to. So their souls are just frozen in these banks, right? Um, and so again, if you were conceived via IVF, I don't want you to hear this and think, well, that means I'm a mistake. That's what Satan's going to speak to you. That's a lie. Um, if you did use IVF um, to conceive your child, um, and it was successful. Um, I don't want you to think that your child is a mistake. Your child is a gift from God. But the the way in which you brought that life was not according to the plan of God. Just like people who conceive children outside of the sacrament of matrimony. If you have sex before marriage or outside of marriage, that's a sin to do that. However, if you happen to conceive a life by having sex outside of marriage, that life is a pure gift from God to, to Jesus yes. Christ. And so your life is a gift. That life is a gift. But that does not mean that the way in which that life was conceived was according to God's plan. But throughout salvation history, God has always brought good out of people's bad choices. And so if you made a bad choice to go against God's plan, God can still bless you and the world by bringing something good, like a new life out of that. But we really do need to reverence all lives, including those lives those human persons who have souls who are in petri dishes um, who quite often are dis disregarded and I mean Brandy you know more than I know but I mean the women I've walked with who've used IVF say how painful it was it's emotionally stressful it's physically um, painful but also it is what 30% success rate? Is that right? That's right. That's right, Father. So the current statistics on the success rate of IVF um, is about 30%. And so what we realize, or what the Pope Paul VI Institute uh, realizes through NAPRO technology, is that usually there's another underlying health condition, which is preventing that couple from conceiving naturally on their own. And so infertility tends to be secondary to, to another health concern. And so if we can figure out as medical professionals, what is causing that problem, whether it be endometriosis, or cysts on her ovaries or adhesions, um, if, if we can treat that health concern, and restore her reproductive health, we can help these, um, these couples who struggle with infertility actually conceive on their own. And an so 80 up to 80% success rate when when you use something like NAPRO technology and the Creighton method in restoring. So it's all about restorative yeah. um, reproduction. That's awesome. And then to, to, to your second point, your second question within that question, uh, does God want us to donate our organs to others when we pass? That's up to you. It's your choice. If you want to donate your organs to other people, that could be a gift to other people in our community. Um, so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to tackle our final question about abortion. Do you find it difficult to enter into the mysteries of the rosary? What about personally applying them to your life? Drawing from the writings of the saints, the Bible, and Catholic tradition, Matt Fratt has produced Pocket Guide to the Rosary, a masterful work that teaches Catholics how to truly meditate on the mysteries of the rosary. 
how to pray the rosary like the saints, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your prayer life and improve the way you pray what St. Padre Pio called the weapon of our times, we invite you to check out Pocket Guide to the Rosary by Matt Frad. To order, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. And we're back. Uh, quick reminder, you can hit me up with your own questions at www.essentialpress.com slash askfatherjosh. Rate us and review us on iTunes, other podcast formats, and share us on your social media pages. Our final question comes in from Lexus. Lexus writes this, Hey, Father Josh, can a person be a faithful practicing Catholic and still believe that the government should not be able to take away a woman's choice to have an abortion be pro-choice? I've been praying and thinking about this a lot and asking for Our Lady of Guadalupe's intercession, but I thought I will get your take as well. It seems to me that those who do believe that you can be both Catholic and pro-choice believe that abortion is wrong, but don't believe that the government gets to make that decision. How do we and the government protect the most vulnerable lives, but still honor the rights of a mother? Thank you so much for your ministry and priesthood, uh, Alexis. So Alexis, uh, first things first is St. Augustine said this many years ago, an unjust law is no law at all. Uh, So just because something is the law doesn't mean that it's actually good. I think sometimes the laws form our morality, and it really should be our Catholic morality that creates or that reforms the laws. So at one point in our nation's history, it was the law of this land um, that black people uh, were not full persons, and so therefore they were slaves for hundreds of years. That was the law of the land. And so it was not good for Catholics to not only own slaves, but it was also not good for Catholics to say, well, you know what, I wouldn't personally own a slave, but it's not my place to tell that family who's benefiting from that slave in their household what they should or should not do with their slave. And then whenever slavery ended, uh, then uh, Reconstruction period happened. There was racial terrorism through lynchings. And again, it was the law of the land for for black bodies to be lynched for for petty crimes or for no crimes at all. Again, not a good law. And so you could sit there and say, oh, well, you know what? I wouldn't lynch a black person during Reconstruction. But again, who am I to tell those people what they can and can't do with those African-Americans in this country? And then again, after that, Jim Crow laws came into effect. It was the law of the land that black people and brown people cannot sit at the same table as as white people. They cannot work, pray, play, eat, sleep, rest in the same places as white people. And it was the law of the land. And so a number of Catholics in our country would not be canonized saints because not only do they support these Jim Crow laws, but they never stood up against them. They never spoke out against them. And the same thing happened um, it, with Jews during the Holocaust. With Nazis, they were said they weren't full persons, therefore they could be treated less than. So the same rule applies for babies in the womb. Uh, a woman has a right to do what she wants with her body, but the baby in her womb is not her body. That's a separate body, his or her body. What about that girl in the womb and her rights? What about that boy and his rights? So every person has a fundamental right to life that we must honor and reverence. Yes, absolutely, Father. And what we also need to recognize is that abortion um, takes place in abortion clinics, but things like contraception and the means of um, how it stops pregnancy can also be abortifacient. And a lot of people um, have no idea that they may have had an abortion and not even know And not even it. realized it. Yeah. That's right. You know, uh, just the mechanism of action of that. And so we just need to be aware of the things that we are putting into our bodies, whether that is oral contraception versus IUDs and things like that, all of those tend to be abortifacient as well. Um, So in terms of uh, abortion and abortion clinic, you know, what we have to realize is that uh, pro-choice 
um, for a mother still may not be in the best interest of the mother mm-hmm. either. So it doesn't just affect the baby's That's life. Right. It can also have lasting effects on the mother. Yes. And there, you know, there's a lot of research out there that shows that women who have had abortions have physical issues even after, you know, hemorrhage, needing blood transfusions. They can have ectopic pregnancies in future uh, pregnancies. Infertility. Infertility, increased risk of miscarriage or preterm delivery. And contraception also is one of the reasons why a lot more women today are infertile later in life is because of the years that they were on the pill. Is that a scientific study as well. Yes, yes. We are seeing that long-term use of uh, artificial hormones are actually um, interfering with um, a woman who's ready to get off of the pill and to actually conceive um, because that that cycle has been suppressed for so long are having issues uh, conceiving and there's no other health explanation for it. So I, I do see that a lot in my practice. It's one of the gifts of the science of Creighton is that you're able to actually see the underlying issues whenever a girl has, um, the, whether it's the cramps that are severe, the PMS is really painful, or the irregular cycles, or the cysts, or whatever, is you as a, as a nurse and as a specialist with Creighton are able to help to diagnose this is the actual problem here. Like the, That's right. And, and now let's work towards healing that as opposed to just giving you a pill, which might make the symptoms go away, but the problem is still there. That's right. Um, That's right. And so, you know, it could be that it's endometriosis causing those issues. Mm-hmm. And think about it. She will be on birth control pill for an, a number of years until, you know, she's ready to get married and maybe conceive. And that endometriosis has just been growing and getting worse yeah. all those years. And so for for women, again, who are listening, who've had an abortion or or for people who've brought their friends to abortion clinics or uh, for guys who've paid for an abortion or whatever, I I don't want you to hear this and feel condemned. God is merciful. God sees you. He knows you. He loves you. He knows where you were at that season of your life. I was talking to Brandy before the show and she was just saying how how in in medicine, it's not normal for like whenever anyone finds out they're pregnant, that's like such a shock, a shock to so many people. Like you're not in your right frame of mind, especially if it was an unplanned pregnancy that you would, a doctor would never let you make a decision, a medical decision that would have lasting effects if you are in a state that's like in shock, right? So why do we allow for, for abortion? Uh, but if you had an abortion, I don't want you to feel like you are excluded from the kingdom of God and that you can't be a saint because you can be a saint. God wants you to receive his love and mercy in the sacrament of reconciliation and walk toward eternity. There are saints in our church's history who have had abortions. A servant of God, Dorothy Day, is on her path to becoming a canonized saint right now, and she had an abortion, and she still was able to receive God's mercy and fix her eyes on the love of God and continue her walk toward heaven, and so can you. So I don't want you to hear this conversation and in any way, shape, or form um, just feel um, condemned by the, by the enemy. Um, yes, yeah. absolutely. And please, you know, reach out and receive um, counseling um, because we know that there are lasting emotional and mental effects of abortion on the mothers as well. You know, just PTSD yes. and uh, depression, suicide, uh, increased substance abuse. You know, there's just, there's never anything good that comes out of that yeah. physically, emotionally, or mentally as a result of abortion. And so, so that's why, even though the choice is there, the church is always going to want you to um, to do what what's in your best interest. Yeah. And so, abortion really hurts the mother just as much as it hurts the child. Amen. Well, look, that's that's where we're going to stop for today's show. That's a lot to digest. So, I just want to invite you, especially if you you are pro-choice, and some of you, my listeners, might be pro-choice. I just want to invite you and encourage you to like 
to like listen to this conversation and pray with it. Um, and then where you where you struggle with with what we've said, hit me up with more questions so that we can continue the conversation and keep the dialogue going. Because God is calling all of us to abide in relationship with each other on earth and to help each other to get to heaven. And so I want to invite you to sit and to pray with uh, some of the things that Brandon and I share on today's show. And if you want to get in touch with Brandy, go to my website for my parish, www.olohr.com. And she has her own page for Our Ladies Fertility Care. Is that what it's called? Our, Ladies Fertility Our Lady Fertility Care Center. Yeah. That's right. That's or you can find a practitioner in your area at fertilitycare.org. Sweet. Yeah. And so again, like this is a great gift to the church. Some people say it's the best kept secret. Well, the secret's out. And so we just want to help you to find freedom and actually have real solutions to some of the things that you might be experiencing. Let's go ahead and close with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady Guadalupe, pray for us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I shall, I look forward to walking with you next week. 